Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Well, hey guys, thanks again so much for joining us for Church Online uh, with Res Church this morning. We are honestly honored that you would take time and spend part of your weekend streaming today's message. Hey, as you know, today is Church on the Lawn for us for our in-person worship experience. And right now, uh, we are actually having an opportunity to be able to celebrate life change through Jesus, uh, people that are being baptized, and uh, just really celebrating all that God has done despite the COVID-19 and the pandemic that we have been experiencing experiencing here uh, as a city, state, and country. But today I want to talk to you about something. We are actually kicking off a brand new series, which I'm extremely excited about, called For the One. For the One. And, and really, whenever we started this entire year out of 2021, we laid before uh, our church congregation, our community, the theme for this year, and it is For the One. And it means two folds. Number one, uh, we exist for the one, for the glory of God. Uh, for, for making sure he is praised, he receives adoration, he is honored above all else, but then also for the one who is far from God, for the one. So we exist for the glory of God and for the one who is far from God. And this is something that we say all the time here at Res Church, but Res Church exists to lead people who are far from God into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ. And we believe that regardless of where you are in your faith journey, that you matter to God, uh, that God wants to use you and transform you, and that ultimately we all have got room to grow. And so today I want to kind of talk to you guys around this idea uh, for the one uh, from a passage of scripture in John chapter 6. And uh, if you're taking notes today, the title of this message, and it is going to be much shorter because of church on the lawn, uh, this message is called Come and see. You know, one of the things I love about Jesus is Jesus had a way to speak to people's hearts. Jesus had a way to uh, really grab a hold of someone and let them know that they matter to him, that they not only matter to him, but ultimately they matter to his father, our God above as well. And Jesus also had a way of like pushing the boundaries a little bit. Uh, you think about it nowadays, especially coming off of the political chaos that we experienced last year, how it was Republican versus Democrat. And it wasn't um, so much that you could be on the opposite end of the aisle and get along. It was if you were on the other end of the aisle, I was opposed to you. See, that same political tension was happening in Jerusalem between the Jewish people and the Samaritans. Uh, see, the Samaritans, uh, the Samaritans were people who were trying to protect the, the Word of God, who were trying to uh, bring it back to their, the core values of Scripture, while at the same time the Jewish people thought that they were doing the same thing. And what's funny, they were both trying to do the same thing and accomplish the same thing, but doing it in two completely different ways ways to a point that there was division that got caused, the division that, that happened amongst the, the Jewish people and the Samaritans. And through this division, there ended up developing a hatred for one another until Jesus arrived on the scene. And Jesus was on his way in the Galilean region. And as he was on his way, he decided to make a detour to have a conversation with one particular person who was sitting by a well. 
And not only was this person sitting by, this, by the well, but this person was a woman, which was culturally inappropriate, but also a Samaritan woman, which made it even worse. And so Jesus rolls up onto the scene in John chapter 4, and he's sitting there. His disciples go off to go gather some food, and he sees this woman around noonday, middle of the day, who's sitting there gathering water for herself, completely by herself. And he says to her in John chapter 4, verse 7, a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And then it talks about how his disciples were off getting food and and supplies that they needed. But she says, the Samaritan woman said to him in verse 9, How is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? A woman from Samaria, verse 10, And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked and and he would have given it to you. This woman said to him, Sir, You have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Um, Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? And he gave us this well to drink from, uh, from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And so what happens here is Jesus engages in this conversation with this particular woman, says, hey, I need a drink. And this woman's like, why are you asking me for a drink? And he says, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would be asking me for a drink. And they start having this dialogue like, wait, you're talking to me. I'm a Samaritan woman. And Jesus is like, yes, I'm, I'm talking with you. Let's, let's have this, this conversation right here. And they start having this dialect back and forth. And then Jesus says this in verse thing, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, referencing the well, Jacob's well, the forefather's well. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. That water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then this woman said, sir, give me this water so I will never be thirsty again. And I don't have to come here. See, this woman was looking for a practical solution. This woman was looking for a solution to be able to answer the needs that she was experiencing, the literal thirst that she was talking about. And Jesus was talking about an eternal matter here of saying, listen, I I not only want to satisfy your your physical thirst, I want to quench your spiritual thirst. And, and, And she doesn't quite recognize this. And so Jesus, being the amazing guy that he is, Jesus said to her, go call your husband to come here. And this is where the tension starts to really, you know, kind of create its, its happening. Verse 17, and the woman said to him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying that you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you are with now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And so I love this right here. Because Jesus starts by talking about a practical need and immediately flips it to our spiritual dependency upon him. He's saying, hey, listen, I want to satisfy your eternal thirst. And then he instructs the woman in a very sensitive area. I want you to go get your husband. And the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus is like, I know you don't have a husband. You've had five. And the one that you're with now is not 
your husband. See, what was happening is this woman was a promiscuous woman, to say the least. She was constantly looking at practical things or earthly things, fleshly things, to be able to satisfy her eternal thirst. And Jesus shows up on the scene and doesn't want to just satisfy her fleshly thirst, but wants to satisfy her eternal thirst. And not only that, he also wants to bring healing and reconciliation and restoration to her and use this adulterous woman as an example of God's reconciliation to all nations, to the Gentiles, to people who maybe we've got division with. And so this dialogue goes and keeps happening. They start going back and forth, and she starts referencing the Old Testament prophets and saying, who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you Moses? Are you a prophet? And Jesus essentially gets to the point and says, listen, I am the Christ. And she starts to doubt, how is it that you are the Christ? And they get into this discussion that we don't have time for today about spiritual worship, of worshiping in spirit and worshiping in truth. But what happens is this, the woman said to him, this is verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us of all these things, of how to worship, of eternal life, of of reconciliation, of really satisfying our eternal thirst. And Jesus says to her, and I could just only imagine this, I who speak to you, that, that Messiah that you're talking about, the one that's going to fix all your problems, the one that's going to bring reconciliation, the one that's going to satisfy your eternal thirst, the one that's going to quench every desire that you may have. See, I, that's me. That's me. And I went out of my way on my trip to go to Samaria, to a town that is anti-Jewish, that people don't want anything to do with, in the middle of the day to come here and to have a conversation with you and to let you, a promiscuous, adulterous woman, know that there is a heavenly father above who sent his son into this world and who loves you and who created you fearfully, who desires to have a relationship with you and who desires to give you healing and eternal quenching of your thirst, eternal satisfaction. Just then the disciples came back and they were marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you see or why are you talking with her? Verse 28, so the woman left her water jar. The very thing she went to the well for, she left and went away into the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? You know, in this entire series, For the One, it is all about giving God all the glory and the honor and praise. You could sit here and see how Jesus was pointing back to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. But it's also reaching those who are far from God. And see, Jesus had no problem crossing cultural, political boundaries, racial boundaries even, to be able to bring the good news of hope and restoration and reconciliation and eternal life to someone that all the religious leaders had cast out. And what happened is her life was impacted by the Christ, by the Messiah, and she became so passionate that she ran back into the town 
and told everyone, come and see this man who told me everything I ever did. He is the Christ. And we keep reading for time's sake, we're not gonna dive into it today, but she goes out and she tells everyone, she's the first Samaritan evangelist. And many people in the town who knew of this promiscuous woman, this adulterous woman, many people who knew of the issues and the problems that she had, many people knew of all the challenges and saw her life transformed by this guy by the name of Jesus. And all of these people, because of her testimony, ended up going out and meeting this guy who is the Christ. Jesus is about the one, the glory of God and the one who is far from God. And we as a church are called to be like Christ, to be about God's business and to remember the one who is far from God. And so I wanna challenge all of us in our, our lives and our journeys and the things that we're going through, the, the things that we are experiencing and the, the areas that we have influence to remember the one, remember the brokenhearted, remember the one who is maybe too far gone, or at least we think is too far gone. Remember the one who's experiencing the pain and the suffering. Remember the adulterous woman who's had five husbands. And remember that they matter to God. And God can use the very brokenness of someone's heart to be the very thing of restoration that leads other people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now listen, I know today is a little different, it's a little shorter, but I wanna invite you guys over the next several weeks to, in, to join us as, as we dive into this topic for the one and what it looks like to be a church that is living on mission, involved in gospel-centered community, giving generously, investing into the next gen, and ultimately creating an irresistible church for people who are far from God. I wanna invite you to lean into the conversation lean into the tension and experience life change through Jesus Christ. Listen, I wanna pray for us today. And as we close out, um, we just hope that you guys have an incredible week and that we just really enter into this week with the mission of for the one, for the glory of God and for the one who is far from God. Father, I just thank you for an opportunity to be able to worship you. Lord, I just pray that everyone who is listening to this um, at their home, that you would just be with them this week. Help us to live on mission. Help us to be like the woman and go out and tell people to come and see this man who did this in my life. Could he be the Christ? And Lord, we know that you are the Christ and it is in you we put our trust, in you we put our faith, and in you that we wanna make your name resound through our region, through our city, and through our neighborhood and in our homes. And so Lord, we love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I want to invite you to join us again next week, 10 a.m. Sunday morning for part two of For the One, where we are going to be looking at the generosity paradox. We'll see you then. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242 and be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care and God bless.